We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Rotowire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Tuesday, November 10th, 2015. I am Eric Aturi. You can find me on Twitter at ETCAT30, and I am joined today by John McKechnie, and you can find him at on Twitter at Johnny McKex. Uh, that he is filling in for uh, Jake today because he is sick, and that brings us to one uh dnp a piece in this podcast this season so far so you know 
we're uh, keeping those stats alive uh, <laughs> for the, the listeners out there. Anyway, we're at the midpoint of the season right now, and we actually just have four regular se- regular season uh, weeks left in terms of fantasy. Mm-hmm. So uh, how are you looking at this point? Well, uh, I was talking to Jake about it last Thursday. I really got wiped out by that injury bug in, uh, in week eight, I believe it was, uh, with Le'Veon Bell going down. I had a lot of shares of him. Yeah. And with by drafting Le'Veon Bell, I was kind of tempted to go Joseph Randall in the fourth round because I didn't want to draft Todd Gurley and have two guys that weren't going to be ready for the beginning of the season. Right. And that has completely backfired on me, obviously. So, <laughs> so that that's at least two leagues where I'm really kind of floundering to find my way into the playoffs. Um, other leagues, I am kind of sitting pretty, though. I mean, injuries have hit me everywhere for the most part, but some some leagues have been able to manage it a bit better. How about yourself? Oh, likewise. I've been hit by the Le'Veon injury in one of four leagues, Deion Lewis in another league. Um, uh, otherwise, like wide receivers, quarterbacks, like nothing serious has happened in that front. So I'm feeling pretty good in three of the four leagues right now, personally. Solid, solid. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's jump on into uh, last night's game. Uh, you know, it, for a game between two s- sub-500 teams, I thought it was actually a pretty good game. What were your takeaways from it? Well, yeah, I actually thought this game was going to be uh, like a huge offensive game wherein they were going back and forth, back and forth the entire game. And right. we kind of saw that at times, but it really slowed down in the second half. We saw a slogging game. It only was 22-19 in uh, favor right. of Chicago. Um, you know, Jay Cutler threw four over 300 yards on a, you know, mediocre defense, uh, right. two touchdowns, one interception. And that interception, of course, went for a pick six. So yeah, something uh, something we're uh, used to uh, out of Jay Cutler <laughs> at this t- point in time. And actually, Jeremy Lankford had a pretty nice game, huh? And, uh, you know, Matt Forte's stead. Yeah, I was really excited to, to see him because I'm a big college football guy as well. And I, I look I look at the Big Ten a lot and I was hoping to see him kind of get turned loose a little bit with Forte on the sidelines, and uh, he certainly did just that. I mean, his his uh, his first catch of the game was like a 33-yarder diving catch, uh, really good body control on that. I thought that was really impressive. I think that's probably going to be enough to like get him some good playing time uh, as long as Forte's out. Yeah, and so you watch a lot of college football, of course. You're one yeah. of our main college football guys here at Rotowire. Um, I heard that on the broadcast, at least, they said that he was a wide receiver in college a little bit. He played some wide out at Michigan State. That's right. He did a little bit of that, and I think he might have also played a little bit of defensive back. I don't think he got a whole lot of playing time, but I think he practiced there. Uh, You know, he's kind of mired behind Le'Veon Bell until Bell went into the draft, and then Langford just kind of really exploded onto the scene. Uh, in the 13 and 14 seasons, especially the 2014 season. So, so it's not a stretch to say that he could be a factor in PPR formats, you know, as long as Forte is out. Uh, I would absolutely go for him. I think, we, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I definitely like his prospects right moving forward. Okay. So uh, Elshon Jeffrey actually uh, had an excellent game here, 10 catches on 16 targets for 151 yards. Yep. And game. do you think he's going to be potentially rest of season top 10 uh, I could definitely see it. It seems like Jay Cutler has kind of stepped his game up, and aside from last night's pick six, he's been a little bit less mis- mistake-prone than we're used to seeing. You know, with, with Adam Gase run it, running the offense there now, it seems like he's responded to it well, and I think Jeffrey, you know, provided that he's healthy, he's easily the best target uh, on that team, and uh, definitely the only real deep threat 
Mm-hmm. So I definitely like his chances to be a sort of top 10 guy the rest of the way. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I, I, there's, okay, depending on, you know, Matt Forte and uh, Eddie Royals, you know, recoveries in the near future, sure. it, that will definitely determine if he's getting, you know, upwards of 15 to 20 targets per week. If he's getting those 15 to target, 15 to 20 targets per week, yeah, for sure. Like, there's no doubt that volume should equally, should easily equal, um, you know, top 10 potential um uh i guess let's go over to the san diego side of things um philip rivers had a pretty decent game here 26 of 42 passing uh something we're used to seeing you know a heck of a lot of passes out of rivers but only uh 280 yards uh and after the game chicago ended up being the fifth uh, most staunch uh passing attack or passing defense rather Mm -hmm. so it's not surprising that he didn't reach the 300 thresh 300 yard threshold for one of the I don't know how many times has he hit it every almost every time this season. Yeah, he had, he had like a long streak of 300 yard games, and I uh, think he could, he could have got it up to six uh, in this one. Goodness. I'm pretty sure. And, <laughs> and I think you know part of it comes with with the Bears kind of stepping up on defense, and part of it is just they're just dropping like flies out in San Diego. I mean, Keenan right. Allen being lost for the season last week, uh, Malcolm Floyd going down uh, very early in that game on his only target of the game. Uh, so, you know, that kind of leaves some very inexperienced targets outside of Antonio Gates. And, you know, Antonio Gates, yeah, he's great, great rod, or a great tight end. But outside of him, are there really a lot of targets that you can rely on there? Um, well, Gates is dealing with the uh, MCL injury, and we don't really know right. the severity, but he's been able to play through it. Uh, he had six catches on 11 targets for 16 yards in this game. Mm-hmm. I really think uh, Danny Woodhead's just going to be getting the bulk of the targets on this offense mm-hmm. with all the all the receivers down and definitely with the inexperience that's left, right. inexperienced guys left. Uh, what do you think of Stevie Johnson, though? What do you think uh, his potential could be since he is – you know, the most experienced wide receiver, at least. Yeah, looking at his target volume, you know, he had 10 targets last night, caught seven of them for 68 yards. Um, I definitely like him a lot. Uh, If he's still floating around, especially in PPR formats, you know, he's got to be picked up because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be getting those receptions. He's going to be able to work over the middle, work the sidelines, uh, pretty reliable hands. So I definitely... Uh, like his chances the rest of the way especially over you know a guy like Dontrell Inman or someone like that yeah so one thing to keep in mind when it comes to the San Diego side of things is they actually have a week or they have a buy in week 10 or is it week 11 here yeah it's week uh 10 okay. actually mm-hmm. so uh they'll be back again on November 22nd against Kansas City so there will be time for these um you know injured folks like Ladarius Green and you know Antonio Gates. Gates another week, Malcolm Floyd a week to, you know, recover from his shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. So they could be back to, you know, near full strength or near full strength at this point in the season with all the guys that have dropped already. That's an interesting point. So, yeah, just keep that in mind going forward. Like, you'll have some time here to kind of see how it plays out. Um, Let's see. Are you uh, are you bit by the buys this week a little bit outside of uh, San Diego? I mean, do you have any, like, prominent Falcons, Colts, or uh, 49ers? I guess the uh, only – really the only player I can think of out of those four teams outside of San Diego is uh, Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's going to be worrisome. Uh, and in the league where I have him, I have Ronnie Hillman and – um Deion Lewis is my other running back so now Leah with Deion Lewis out I have to 
find some other running back to uh, fill in there. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting fab-inning period tonight. Interesting. Yep, definitely. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, let's move on to the quarterbacks here. So, we've talked about David Carr in past weeks, and uh, what do you think of his prospects, I guess, going forward the rest of the year? He's only uh, um, owned in 68% of Yahoo and 58% of ESPN leagues at this point, even though he's had an excellent run here. Yeah, I think – you know, I was talking to Jake about this uh, last Thursday as well. If the, if there's something more that you need to see out of Derek Carr to be sold on him, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what possibly what more you could want from this second year guy who's just really just coming into his own this season and looking really impressive doing it. I mean, Michael Crabtree's going to have career numbers, uh, just really impressive stuff across the board. You got to go after him if uh, if you're looking for a quarterback or if you know. You have a guy like Andrew Luck who's hurt or uh, Rivers on bye, uh, stuff like that. You really should be looking at, at Carr if he's still available. Yeah, and you don't often see a quarterback actually throw for three or more touchdowns in three consecutive weeks, and he's actually done three, four, and four the last three weeks, wow. which is ridiculous. And he had 21 touchdown passes in a full slate last year, 16 games. He already has 19 and a half a season. Wow. So, I mean, that's just something like this is a clear QB1 that is available in a lot leagues you got to go out there and get him if he's available Definitely. and especially with uh you know Andrew Luck going down and on by this week of course mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is on by Philip Rivers on by like if he's sitting out there in your league and you have the have that one of those QBs as your main QB you gotta you gotta go for car totally. and probably bid like most of your fab money honestly yeah absolutely like that that's that should be the main focus if you're you know worried about quarterback situation mm-hmm well, anyway, um, f- as for other quarterbacks, uh, Big Ben, you know, he went down with a foot sprain. That looked like a heck of a lot worse injury. I thought that was going to be season, end- yeah. season ending, but apparently it's not. He hasn't even been ruled out for Week 10 yet, So, the, but the team is prepping Landry Jones. What do you think of Landry Jones? If you, like, are in a deep, very, very deep league, maybe a 2QB league, w- would that be the only time you consider picking I, him up? Yeah, I think 14 teams and above, or or like you said, a two-quarterback uh, system league. Uh, Landry Jones, pretty good coming out of college. I think he had a bunch of records at Oklahoma, but really kind of struggled, you know, to the point where they had to bring in Michael Vick uh, to back up Ben Roethlisberger earlier in the season because it, it had become clear that the coaching staff really kind of lacked the confidence that, that Jones could carry the offense. Right. Uh, but he's actually, you know, performed pretty well. Uh, 28 of 47 for 456 yards and three touchdowns, like, it, in uh, relief. That's, yeah, parts I mean, of three are, games, you know. Those are pretty solid numbers, especially coming against uh, Arizona and Kansas City and two of those. And Oakland's uh, secondary has actually been all right as well. Um, but I think you, you bring up a good point that, you know, with the with Pittsburgh coming on a bye following this week you might be just picking up jones for one week yeah and you have to kind of reconsider where you would bid on him fab wise i would say yeah so when it comes to uh big pittsburgh steelers injuries that organization is really coy with mm-hmm. the you know what the severity is of anything so we could hear wednesday that ben is out we could have it come down to a game time decision for whatever reason right. and then he's active but not playing and then you're kind of screwed at that point too if you mm-hmm. were hoping that Roethlisberger would actually play it's just a, a situation you don't want to deal with especially since it 
that's the type of organization they are, you know? Right. Okay, so I guess another QB situation, Josh McCown, uh, he's going to be the starter as long as he remains healthy. His uh, his injury is a shoulder, right? Like, he's been out the past few weeks with a shoulder injury? Correct. Okay, so if he isn't able to get healthy, Johnny Manziel will fill in again. But otherwise, we're going to see Josh McCown back at the helm of that offense. I mean... Does that encourage you in any way? Not, not especially. <laughs> I mean, the, I think... Uh, his ability to put up those big numbers in a few games was it just felt like smoke and mirrors more than something you can hang your hat on and because of that I, I just don't really trust the the Browns quarterback situation one way or the other yeah um, McCown has certainly paid off for people this year uh, in past games but you know is it something you can really rely on is, is my question that's what right. you want especially with the playoffs looming you got some crucial matchups coming I don't know if you can trust him. I guess the I guess the key to when it comes to Cleveland's offense is we've seen Gary Barnage have a you know develop a nice rapport with uh, Josh McCown this season. When he's mm-hmm. when he's active, he actually gets in the end zone most of the t- most of the games he plays in yep. with uh, McCown. So um, if you're a Barnage owner, you should probably be looking into this situation just to make sure that you know he probably is going to be that uh, touchdown threat again. Right. Uh, yeah, so another uh, quarterback situation. Man, we just keep going down the list here, but uh, we've got yet another. We have uh, Blaine Gabbert guaranteed to start another game after the 49ers Week 10 bye here. So at least for one more week, we're going to see Blaine Gabbert. What did you think of his uh, game the other day? Uh, it seemed like he got off to, to a pretty strong start. I think a lot of people were surprised. Um, and yeah. then he came back down to earth, you know, not that he was going – gangbusters or anything you know but he ended with two touchdowns and two picks yeah you know about what you'd expect from him apparently one wasn't his fault I didn't actually see that game but I read about that somewhere okay yeah so maybe like a tip pass or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah but um you know what do you what do you take from this you know moving forward you know later in the season after that bye week I mean it's 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 an offensive that I'm avoiding wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. unless I guess Anquan Bolden is healthy, then I'm kind of interested in what's going on there. But, right. I mean, with Vernon Davis gone now, too, they don't really have a intriguing tight end situation. I mean, Garrett Selleck just came, just captured, you know, corralled two touchdowns uh, this past weekend. But mm-hmm. I don't actually think that's going to continue. That That's, I think, a little smoke and mirrors. Though so Blaine Gabbert doesn't have, you know, uh, really any type of a deep threat. He's going to be dinking dunking the whole way down so maybe if they uh do get in the red zone Selleck will be the main target for that offense I mean he does have Torrey Smith but the question is can he get it there it seems like Torrey they did just to you know that was such a like an interesting in bad way signing because they you know they go out and spend money on on Torrey Smith really good deep threat burner yeah and they just but they don't have a quarterback to get him, right. like, utilize him the way he can be utilized. Mm-hmm. He's Whereas kind of with struggled to get it down the field with any sort of accuracy. Yeah. I'm not sure that Gabbert can do it, you know, just arm strength-wise. And, it, and, and his previous quarterback, as you know, as a Ravens fan, has mm-hmm. uh, one of the best deep balls in the league. So, you know, oh, yeah. why didn't the Ravens keep keep hold of him? Anyway, that's a discussion <laughs> for a different point. Yeah, they, they uh, got both of our uh, so, Super Bowl t- receivers probably the biggest quarterback news of the day that we found out actually shortly before we came on this podcast Mm -hmm. was Andrew Luck suffered a lacerated kidney and a partial abdominal tear and that means he will be out the next two to six weeks one of those weeks will be covered by a bye week but 
at least one more of those weeks, uh, somebody will have to fill in that quarterback, and that guy is Matt Hasselbeck. Does that – well, first, let's talk about Andrew Luck. Do you think he's eventually just going to be ruled out for the season since Keenan Allen had a lacerated kidney also recently and was ruled right. out for the season? I mean – Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> if, if any sort of if the past is any indication, yeah, lacerated kidney sounds pretty serious, and you know, a two, the idea of him only missing two weeks to that just sounds uh, very optimistic uh, to the point of just being uh, just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't see how that how that really will happen, and I mean. If Indianapolis continues to go into the tank, uh, maybe if they get caught in the AFC South, I mean, I think they'd just be better off protecting their investment and not trying to yes. trot Andrew Luck out there to, to get, like, a bad playoff game and get destroyed in that because obviously they can't keep him upright, they can't keep him healthy. So, yeah, like, Hasselbeck fared well in his stead earlier this year when he uh, played a few games. So, oh, so too. You, you would think, like, I mean, even earlier in the season when he was playing well, why not – have Hasselbeck just stay in there for a few more weeks while Luck recovers because he clearly wasn't right when he first came back, right? right? So anyway, Hasselbeck is going to be a fantasy quarterback in two weeks, just some something to keep in mind. Earlier this season, he uh, completed 48 of 76 passes for 495 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions in those two games against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. So obviously weak defenses. And when he comes back, the one game he starts for sure will be the Falcons, which is one of the tougher uh, defenses on fantasy quarterbacks. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. we'll, We'll touch on him next week and maybe advise you one way or the other how much you should spend. But maybe at this point, what do you think? A few um, bucks? I pre- yeah, I think a few bucks tops. I mean, I, I like his his prospects uh, as far as uh, helping your team more than I do, say, Landry Jones, especially with Big Ben like pro- probably coming back, you know, not too long from now. Yeah. The other side of the bye week. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's another really deep league or two-quarterback type of format uh, to really get me interested in Hasselbeck. But – like you said, I mean, his statistics are fine. They've been okay, but... For a 40-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty incredible, actually. Um, but, you know, you got to worry about those defenses he's got, you know, looming on the other side of the bye week. Yeah, so if uh, Andrew Luck is at all ruled out at some point, uh, just after that Atlanta game in Week 11, uh, the Indianapolis Colts are going to face bottom half of the league pass defenses mm-hmm. the rest of the way. So Hasselbeck will be of interest because he'll be thrown to, you know, T.Y. Hilton, Andre Johnson, Kobe Fleener. I mean, he's going to have a lot of options at his disposal to actually take advantage of those situations. That's true. That's a good point. So that's just something to keep in mind, too. Okay, so we'll uh, turn to running backs. Uh, just as, this is just bookkeeping. But apparently D'Angelo Williams is still unowned in 10% of Yahoo leagues and 5% of ESPN leagues. He should be picked up. But something to keep in mind, he has a swollen foot. He won't practice Wednesday. We're going to mention that Jordan Todman is next up on the depth chart. For his career, Todman has averaged 4.1 yards per carry, has 40 catches and five touchdowns in 42 games in his career. So that's just, you know, 
his stat line over his career. If for whatever reason D'Angelo Williams is uh, set down, uh, Todman would be the next guy up. W- yeah. Would you put maybe $1 bid just in case, just for insurance? Sure, yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't take a flyer, especially if you are a D'Angelo Williams owner. And uh, I think with, with Ben Roethlisberger probably being out this week, they're going to run the ball maybe yeah. a little bit more. They'll skew it that way. Uh, you know, Jordan Todman probably doesn't get them too excited to run it 30 times or anything like that. But, you know, if he can, if he can get, you know, 15, 20 carries if, if Williams is out or limited, you know, that'd be a really nice pickup. Yeah, so a swollen foot doesn't sound like anything sinister like, you know, a midfoot sprain like Roethlisberger has. Yeah. So we're really not expecting DeAndre Williams to sit out, but that's just something to keep in mind if you want to bolster your bench, you sure. know, pick up Jordan Todman potentially if, you, if you're in a very deep league. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next guy, uh, Jeremy Langford, we already kind of touched on him, but he's available in 29% of Yahoo and 18% of ESPN leagues. Uh, Forte had a PRP injection in his knee recently, and he's going to need at least one to two more weeks of rest Mm -hmm. to to recover from uh, his injury. So Langford's going to be relevant for the next few weeks at least. What do you, I mean, do you have any more thoughts on him from, uh, you know, to expand upon from before? Well, I, you know, I was just so impressed by him last last night, and I think you know if you're in a situation where you're kind of teetering on the edge of the playoff picture in your league, and you need a push, uh, I think he's a guy that you absolutely have to go after, and you know to help you solidify your record, get another win or two. Um, and I think he can definitely help you uh, get there. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, one guy we're also going to touch on here uh, that could uh, have a pretty decent role because of uh you know an injury to uh what is uh what is Eddie Lacy's injury again off the top of your head I obesity <laughs> uh yeah he emerged I think from uh, that last game from Sunday's game uh Sunday's loss in Carolina with a groin injury oh, okay. so yes that's it um so James Starks is next guy up and he actually had a pretty excellent game uh, he's looked sharp every time we've seen him this season. He's only owned in 42% of Yahoo and 41% of ESPN leagues. He's facing a Detroit defense that has allowed 4.3 yards per carry and 11 touchdowns to running backs this season. Um, if, like, depending on how much you have left, what percent of that would you uh, spend for Fab at least this week? Honestly, is he kind of like the next target after Derek Carr? Seems you know, to overall, be. I would say so because you know if you just did a player A, player B side by side comparison of Starks and Lacey, you'd 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 probably take Starks's production actually, you know, if you just looked at it that way instead of and took the name and your your draft value out of it because right. uh Lacey doesn't even have a, a carry over twenty yards this season. He's just been slow, he can't get away from people, whereas Starks has has a handful of them and I think you know, he's much better out of the backfield as a receiver. Roger seems to trust him. That's a good good quarterback to have trust, you know, someone oh, like yeah. him, especially Most definitely. in PPR. Um so yeah, Starks is a guy that I'd probably be willing to dump the the balance of my fab budget on okay so just something to keep in mind Lacey did come out of the game with a uh groin injury just a pull apparently according to ian rapaport of nfl network Mm -hmm. he was able to complete a full workout monday that doesn't mean a practice or anything so once wednesday's injury report comes out we'll we'll know a little more about Lacey's health but i mean I, i really am like you and leaning towards Starks being the main man out of the backfield going forward just because of that trust issue or trust factor rather with Mm -hmm. Rodgers you know um so I guess uh next running back we got to touch on is uh running back situation at least is the one in uh, New England so Deion Lewis went down with a uh torn ACL that means 
James White is probably going to take on most of that pass passing back role in New England. Mm-hmm. Brandon Bolden is kind of a you know decent runner and pass catcher, but we're expecting James White probably to take on most of Deion Lewis's role. Correct. I think so, but you, you know, even still, how excited do you get about either one of these guys? Is there yeah. one guy that you're favoring over the other? Is there a good reason why? Because I've just never uh, been able to to get a good read on the way that right. England distributes his carries or touches out of the backfield. Yeah, so Brandon Bolden is a little more accomplished. I mean, a little more well known, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to the rest of the country, uh, to people in Wisconsin, for example, <laughs> James White is very well known because he actually went to the University of Wisconsin, my right. alma mater. So um, I'm very excited to see if he can actually be a factor in New England's offense, one of the most potent ones out there. Totally. Um, in his career, uh, James White has actually caught 12 of his 15 targets for 75 yards, only five yards per target, but he has corralled most of them. That actually continues a trend from his uh, years in college. He was actually very very adept as, as a pass catcher here okay. in Wisconsin. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, you might be a PPR maven going okay. forward, you know. Because <laughs> someone's going to need to fill that role because, you know, Lewis, you know, getting about 12 touches per game, you know, between carries and, and receptions, you know, I think, you know, if if White really kind of wins out that secondary back role, he'll be a really valuable guy. Yeah, so, yeah, who, who does uh, – who does Tom Brady trust in on third down right now? I mean, with Deion Lewis out, last year was Vereen. The first half of this season, it was Deion Lewis. I guess we're going to find out soon enough, right? Yeah, I mean, because marks. Gronk is double-covered all the freaking time. Oh, like, yeah. he's, he's he. I mean, it's just a beast and overpowers everybody. <laughs> so it's going to have to be one of these, you know, um, periphery threats that, you know, comes out of nowhere. And we're yeah, thinking we're it's probably going to be James White. I think so. Out of the, out of the at least the James White-Brandon Bolden duo. Right, and but you know at the same time you got to temper your expectations yes. a little bit because you know you got all those other options and you got Garrett Blunt probably in short yardage you know running situations as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, another running back situation. We're turning to Buffalo now. Carlos Williams uh, with Lashawn McCoy dealing with a shoulder issue. It's a short week for Buffalo. They play Thursday against uh, the Jets. Uh, Lashawn McCoy wasn't able to go through walkthrough, but was limited in Tuesday's practice. He thinks, along with the coaching staff, that he's actually going to play. But Williams actually came in and instead had nine carries for 110 yards and a touchdown this past weekend. So what do you think of the situation? What do you think with the breakdown will be? Will McCoy take on most of the carries if, you know, he's healthy and active? There's so much about this situation that, like, is very, you know, confusing because you got McCoy, he's banged up short weeks so that you know that makes you think Williams got to do it especially but then you worry about just being a prisoner of the moment and you know Williams had such a good game on on Sunday but you know was it fool's gold was it an illusion like is he going to be able to pull that again especially against a really tough uh, Jets run defense yeah I almost feel like uh, this is going to be a situation where a lot of people just waste you know fab money that they don't need to waste because they're you know hoping that it'll be you know, or they'll be able to strike gold, e- gold easily. Um, personally, I'm not going to touch him in any of the leagues unless he's available. I know he's not available in the league that, uh, you know, I just, or Devante's on by and Deanne Lewis is uh, sideline for the year. So um, personally, I'm not going for him there because he's not available. But even if uh, he was available, I, I would probably not do too much. What do you think, five? 
10 max. Yeah, I, w- I definitely wouldn't overspend for him. I think, you know, you can you can let the other people in your league go ahead and make that mistake for you. Because, I mean, <laughs> even if McCoy misses Thursday, you know, it's a bad matchup, and then McCoy would probably return the rest of the, uh, the net following week for the end for the remainder of the season. Right. So um, we don't really have a update on Carlos Hyde, right? So yeah, we're not totally sure. Stress fracture situation. Yeah, so he's kind of out indefinitely. If he returns to practice at some point, you know, we'll let everybody know uh, via rotowire dot com. But for the time being, it looks like Sean John. Is it drone John? Uh, drone, I think. Sean Drone. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so Sean Drone uh, actually took on the bulk of the carries this past weekend in place of St- uh, in place of uh, Hyde. Mm-hmm. He had 16 carries for 58 yards against Atlanta. Mm, not very interested in that. No, just kind of like the like we were saying about the rest of that 49ers offense. It's really you know bottom of the barrel type of options. I think if, if you're really desperate, if you you know if you've been hit by the Deion Lewis, Le'Veon Bell type of injuries at running back, and you're just totally uh, bare there, then maybe go for Sean Drone. But outside of him, outside of that, um, I can't really think of a situation where he's worth rostering. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he is available in that uh, league I was just chatting about, so I might have to spend a few bucks to get him. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But uh, so they brought in, you know, Pierre Thomas uh, this past week. He's already been Very cut. Um, Kendall Gassens was there. He only had seven carries. They brought in uh, Traveris Cadet today. He's more of a pass-catching threat than anything. So the fact that Drone is probably the main, you know, rusher out of this uh, trio of guys, you know, he's probably going to get the carries when they come back out of the bye. But then you got to think that they face Seattle out of the bye, that one of the toughest uh, defenses to go against. So it's not looking uh, pretty going forward for this situation. I agree. Yeah. I'm, you know, like we said, just pretty much staying away from it from the most part, except extreme scenarios. So one other uh, situation that we're actually watching is the uh, Latavius Murray concussion in Oakland. Uh, That's just the murky nature of head injuries is going to, you know, basically determine whether he plays or not. And, um, I mean, out of the remaining options, Marcel Reese, Taiwan Jones, and Roy Hallou, have you seen Oakland this year enough to know which one you would, you know, kind of target or I'm want? I'm not totally sure that I have. I know that, you know, Reese is a talented player, and he has a pretty solid track record, and I think, you know, he's a guy that would probably get uh, goal line carries in that situation just based on size and track record. Uh, right. But Jones, Jones is Jones is very fast, and then Halu is a, is a pretty proven uh, pass catcher. He's had yep. some value in the past, but mm, I, I'd probably go Reese or Jones before I went for Halu. Yeah, and the, this is just uh, these are more spec ads than anything. If you're a Latavius Murray owner, you have a bench spot available. You know, right. so Dean Lewis got injured. You got to uh, get rid of him, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but it'll be a situation we're watching throughout the week to make sure that. Uh, you know, Latavius, uh, you know, is playing or not, and, you know, potentially use him for DraftKings. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, All right. The the read. (laughs) Uh, Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. (laughs) Week 10, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with one million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. 
So uh, we're going to run through some guys that we previously mentioned uh, uh, before, uh, you know, a few re- wide receivers. All of these four wide receivers, uh, I'd like you to, you know, maybe point to one that you really like, uh, you know, matchup, availability, you know, that combination. Sure. So Stevie Johnson uh, and Dontrell Inman in San Diego, we've kind of already touched on them a little bit, but also Michael Floyd in Arizona, Stefan Diggs, Minnesota, and Nate Washington in Houston. Out of that, uh, you know, out of those five wideouts, uh, is there one you really like? I really, you like, know, in the near term at least. I really like Stefan Diggs. He kind of, you know, had a bit of a down week this past week, but I think uh, his his track record over the last month has been really solid. He's definitely trending in the right direction, um, especially if you know you you have to worry worry about Teddy Bridgewater being healthy. But provided that he is, I really like Stephon Diggs. I think he's probably the most gifted pass catcher in that offense, especially on the outside. Yeah, and if you're Mike Wallace owner, you're probably uh, you know <laughs> angry on a weekly basis that uh, this guy came out of nowhere. But it's right. also you know it could be a blessing for the guy if the you know what Wallace could actually get open and catch you know, distracting the defense. Yeah, that's a good so point. it's kind of surprising that uh, he has, Mike Wallace hasn't been able to, you know, get open that often. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just done. <laughs> I mean, that, I've kind of felt that way since he went to Miami. It, yeah. I don't know what has happened to him, but it's unfortunate. Obviously, he used to be really great and really fast, deep threat guy. Yeah, so um, all of those other uh, wideouts, uh, Michael Floyd is facing uh, Seattle this Sunday, so we're not liking that matchup too much since Seattle gives up only 6.7 yards per target to wideouts this season. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, uh, maybe a pick-up and stash type of move um, Yeah, for, for later on down the line. But, yeah, again, going against Seattle, uh, that's still just a very tough secondary to crack. And I think that Carson Palmer has a couple more reliable targets uh, ahead of him, and that's just not a great game for it. But I think Floyd down the stretch could also be a nice little find. Yeah, so one thing to point out, Floyd is actually, before the bye week, he caught touchdowns in three straight weeks. So that that streak is, uh, you know, still alive and there for the taking. So. Um, Nate Washington too. Uh, he has a decent matchup against Cincinnati, correct? Uh, I mean, I, I okay, think decent. It's okay, but um, do you really trust any any Houston player other than DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins is the only guy, but you know Washington is kind of surprised at times too. So I mean, if you're desperate, he's available in 26 percent of Yahoo, 39 percent of ESPN leagues. So that's just something to keep in mind for uh, uh, yeah, okay. going forward. I would, actually the next guy on our list here, uh, Doriel Green Beckham. I would probably go for him over Nate Washington. Oh yeah, okay. Because uh, Green Beckham, he didn't play his last year in college, you know, uh, just from transfer rules, and he had gotten in trouble before at Missouri. But right, uh, incredibly gifted player, and it looks like he's trending in the right direction. It seems like Marcus Mariota looked his way a lot more this past week. Obviously, you take it with a grain of salt because he was coming against the Saints, give up touchdowns <laughs> like it's their job. But, you know, you got to like what what you see there. And, you know, he's got a very low ownership. So I think he's someone that you could definitely take a look at. Okay. Yeah, and he also faces a Carolina defense that has been torched in the second halves of game against, the last two games against Indianapolis and Green Bay. Uh, combined, uh, they allow, the Panthers' defense allowed uh, 25 catches for 411 yards, which is 16.4 yards per catch, two wide receivers, and two touchdowns as well. So... You know, they gave up some big plays there to account for all that yardage. But 
you know, back, isn't Green Beckham kind of a burner so he can potentially get behind? Uh, what, does he play more in the slot or outside? He's outside. He's he's big guy. He's, I think, 6'5". Oh, least. so if that's the case, then Josh Norman is probably going to be playing opposite him, which might be a hindrance to him, True. at least in the near term. Uh, it, that's just something else to keep in mind. Who plays in the slot in uh, Tennessee? Boy, right right now. <laughs> I'm not sure either, you know. <laughs> But uh, that, the the whoever plays in the slot uh, in uh, Tennessee, like, or sorry, whoever plays in the slot in Carolina gave up a, uh, you know, a few big plays to Randall Cobb this past oh, weekend. So that's that's just something to keep in mind. I think it was uh, Ben Ben Weir, Ben Wierke or however oh, yeah. you say that ben, guy's name. Ben Wickery. Ben Wickery. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess one more wideout situation we want to touch on is actually on the Carolina side here, Devin mm-hmm. Funches. What do you think of him so far in his rookie season? Uh, I, th- Have you been impressed at all? Not overly. I mean, obviously he made a nice catch, but, you know, we kind of touched on the the whole idea of recency bias earlier, and it's just right. like, is, are you going to let that one really nice play really sway you to, to spend big on him right. uh, when he hasn't really been that huge of a factor in that offense pretty much all season? Right. I'm not as in- enthused about him. Uh either this year or in general. I'm not a huge Devin Funches guy. I don't know. What Do you have anything counter to that? Because I don't know. Uh, I mean, I do watch Big Ten football. I don't particularly remember Funches, uh, you know, at Michigan. That's probably because Wisconsin actually hasn't played Michigan recently because right. of the way the divisions are set up now. So, But, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I did watch that game, and he had, like you said, the one catch, but nothing else stuck out. Mm-hmm. So maybe when their receiving core is, you know, fully intact next year, Cal- when Calvin Benjamin is back, right. maybe that's when he'll actually bust out a little bit, and, you know, do the second year wideout breakout. Right. But who knows? Yeah, I think that's that's just one that I'm probably going to be leaving alone for for the time being. All right, so we're moving on to the last skill position here, tight ends. We've mentioned uh, Vernon Davis and Crockett Gilmore in pa- past weeks. Uh, as a Baltimore fan, uh, would would you prefer Crockett Gilmore going forward? Yeah, over uh, Vernon Davis, for example. Well, you gotta be if you if you rushed to uh, pick up Vernon Davis last week, you gotta be a little bit freaked out that Owen Daniels got so many targets and right. really just kind of converted it into into a huge game. That actually helped me win one of my matchups. Oh, nice! It came out of nowhere. I was <laughs> really pumped about that. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I think Vernon Davis will probably end up. You rest know, of season fine yeah I, I, okay. wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too too worried but you know, like I said you know the Owen Daniels presence that that means they're probably gonna be splitting the tight end targets and I think the same can kind of be said for Crockett Gilmore uh you know the Ravens are going to make a decision tomorrow about uh, Dennis Pitta's future okay. that's gonna have a lot to do with you know kind of Gilmore's value moving forward and then you, you got to realize you also have Max Williams who hasn't been quite as good as I was hoping he'd be. Uh, and actually, Nick Boyle has been uh, getting a decent amount of those uh, tight end targets in Baltimore. So walk, don't run to get Crockett Gilmore. Hey, yeah, and how do you say the uh, fullback's name? And Kyle? Uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Juszczyk, okay. So, yeah, he's, he's a guy that I've seen almost every week kind of factor in the passing game as well. Yeah, they, 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 they actually uh, – 
do a good job of finding a way to get him the ball. And he's he's a pretty versatile player. He's good good uh, pass blocker, and he can also get out there in the flats and make some plays. Yeah, exactly. So uh, one last tight end here is uh, Richard Rodgers. He's actually only owned in 25% of Yahoo, 30% of ESPN leagues. He's facing a Detroit defense that gives up less than 10 yards per catch to tight ends, but has also allowed six tight end, six touchdowns in eight games to the position. So even though you know Richard Rodgers isn't targeted that often in the Green Bay offense maybe if they get in the red zone he'll be you know able to prosper and you know actually take advantage of uh the matchup this weekend right it, you know this is another situation where you just sort of you, you love the situation that he's in because he's got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers throwing the ball but yeah uh I'm not like going crazy out of my way to to get him in season-long formats maybe like in a DraftKings type of uh, setting, I, I would go after Richard Rodgers, but I mean, what do you think? Yeah, he hasn't actually surpassed 50 yards receiving in any game, but he uh, is coming off a two touchdown game. So, right. um, you know, the trend, I guess I like the trend that he might, you know, get those red zone targets and actually take advantage of them mm-hmm. more than anything because, you know, he, I guess his, he is targeted three to nine times in uh, games a season. So, I mean, he's been a consistent threat in the passing attack, but yeah, I'm, the only thing I would bank on is the fact that he's, like you said, recency biased. Mm-hmm. Touchdowns recently, Detroit gives up touchdowns to tight ends. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a solid point. Actually, I might I might uh, actually be thinking about Rodgers a little more than I thought. Yeah. So uh, we we're not really going to touch on uh, kickers uh, if uh, we don't. I mean, it's tough to forecast that on a, on a weekly basis. Just Go ahead. Uh, uh, I think Randy Bullock got picked up by the Jets today because yeah. Nick Folk is banged up. Yeah, so I guess uh, bookkeeping, uh, Nick Folk uh, is out for the season with the, what is it, quad, quad injury. injury yep. uh, so, yeah, they br- tested out, uh, f- I think, four kickers on Monday, brought in Randy Bullock today, mm-hmm. Tuesday. So that's going to be the new kicker in uh, Gang Green. Uh, right, but you got to remember, he he got he pretty much got cut for a reason earlier this year. Yeah, season. exactly. He got off to a pretty woeful start, uh, so I would kind of exercise caution there, especially kicking in in a pretty windy stadium, especially the rest of the way. Yeah, exactly. So we always like to touch on a few defenses just to conclude this uh, Tuesday Wave of Wire podcast mm-hmm. uh, to you know see if there are any uh, matchups that uh, players can exploit. Uh, one that we found was uh, actually the Ravens D. Uh, so they're only owned in 33% of Yahoo and 25% of ESPN. So uh, do you like this matchup against the Jags, of course? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the, the Jags have been able to put up some numbers, uh, you know, at least move the ball on people. And uh, the Ravens have had a penchant for uh, making average-looking quarterbacks look pretty good against them. Right. I think Kaepernick had well over 300 yards against the Ravens, actually, which is horrifying to think about as a Ravens fan and the Ravens are causing turnovers at a potentially record-setting low rate uh if they have four uh forced turnovers in the first half of the season if they repeat that um I think I read that that would break the record for least turnovers oh my. forced ever yeah so when I was looking at the uh you know game log they've actually only uh or they've uh forced no turnovers in six straight games jeez so they force all their turnovers in the first two, mm-hmm. uh, but Jacksonville is actually you know pretty um, you know friendly and uh, you know 
yeah, giving up uh, turnovers. Changes, so bucks a trend. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jacksonville's committed ten turnovers in the last four games. Mm-hmm. That's just something to keep in mind. So they might actually be able to break the streak. I think if if anything, it'd probably be a streaming option, like a you know a, uh, just yes. a one week type thing. But uh, beyond that, yeah, the Ravens' defense has been just a massive disappointment on the year. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it hurts when uh, your best defensive player is lost almost immediately. Sure. So, but uh, anyway, let's move on to the uh, last defense we're going to touch on. Uh, you know, a team you probably don't like that much, but uh, you know has a decent matchup this week. Uh, the Steelers are, um, I believe, hosting the Browns. They're only owned in 43% of Yahoo and 38% of ESPN leagues. Uh, we've been talking about picking on the Browns all year. This is just another opportunity to actually do that. Yeah, I could I could definitely see uh, Pittsburgh uh, stiffening up. It seems like the Browns never play all that well against the Steelers to begin with. Right. Uh, there's a big brother, little brother type of dynamic going on there, it feels like. And, you know, I think Pittsburgh could definitely uh, – take advantage of this matchup here yeah exactly so yeah pittsburgh has been kind of unreliable this season they've totaled five or less uh fantasy points in five games but then in the other four they've had eight nine ten and twelve so they're kind of hit and miss but maybe they'll be able to hit just because the matchup's so friendly this week right you know and the hit and miss element is probably why they're so low owned yeah exactly especially for a steelers defense you know you think that name name brand alone would would get them pretty high uh, ownership rate yeah exactly so uh thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy football podcast brought to you by draftkings.com the leader in daily fantasy sports use the promo code rotowire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today also check out rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod once again, I'm Eric Couture. You can find me on Twitter at ETCAT30, and I was joined today by... Uh, John McKechnie, and you can find me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. And you can also hear me Wednesdays on the College Football Podcast. Right on. So the, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Nick Whalen and Mike Doria. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.